Hello all, and welcome to the latest episode of the Horror Countdown Podcast. I'm your host, Don and Ellie, and with me on tonight's episode, I'm joined by Dustin from the Flicks and Friends Podcast. Hey, what's going on? Yeah, thank you uh, so much for joining us tonight. Oh no, thank you for having me, Ben. Super excited. Awesome. Yeah, so... uh, For tonight's show, we're going to be doing our favorite slashers and human villains. So this was a a pretty wild choice to, uh, you know, look into and uh, try to pick our things out. So uh, let's get a little background info on uh, what inspired this, what, uh, you know, brought this particular topic on board. Uh, Yeah, so I, horror is my favorite genre. And getting to talk about anything spooky, I'm always down for. Uh, my range of horror when it comes to the villains will be vast. I have everything from slashers to uh, people, you know, like, if that makes sense. You know, like, nothing's more scary than a human being, but then there's also the monster side of slashers. Nice, yeah. Um, so I'm one of those. I I mean, those are no me that I, I kind of go off the beaten path, but this was kind of a, a pretty straightforward one. Um, I kind of had like a, a crop of about seven to eight that I figured unanimous on. And then I think from there, it was a matter of whittling 15, uh, I'm, 20. I'm hearing like every eighth word you're saying, like, I don't know if it's my connection or. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Um, yeah it's all good. I just wanted to make sure you get good quality audio. Okay, yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, like I said, I, I I had a general selection of about six to seven that were pretty easily and pretty unanimous on where I was going to put them on. And then it just became a matter of figuring out where an extra 20 would, 15 to 20 would go on. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, the idea that you, you know you're you're looking at not just you know slashers but you know humans and what they're capable of like the dark side of humanity that that kind of brought out like a different aspect of this and kind of made me look at just a different maybe selection than what i figured a lot of people would probably go for if we just said well we're just going to talk our favorite slashers like yeah looking at you know where where these particular you know people came from and like what inspired them to do what they did it yeah that kind of brought about just a rather different crop of uh people on board than what you would think of if you just said slasher so yeah um i'm kind of excited about this so uh i'm very yeah, excited if you wanna, yeah if you want to <laughs> uh start us off and uh give us your number 10 Yeah, so my number 10 is from a movie that came out in around 2009, and it is Victor Crowley from the Hatchet series. Nice. Yeah, he's on my list. Um, I'll discuss my favorite a little bit later. Okay. Yeah, no, that one has probably my second favorite Kane Hodder kill of all time. It's from the first Hatchet movie. But... I love Louisiana. I love that setting. And then just getting the this this ghost story of this humanoid man. It's just great. I love I love Adam Green. I love just about anything Adam Green does as well. 
Yeah, um, I mean, like I said, he's on my list as well. So um, I'll, I'll uh, probably reciprocate some of that a little bit later. But uh, for my number 10, uh, this was kind of one of the choices I looked at just because when you said human killers, this was kind of like one of the oddball choices that I went with. Mm-hmm. And I went with Dr. Frankenstein from Hammer's Frankenstein series. Oh, nice. So, yeah, uh, so this is uh, Peter Cushing doing Peter Cushing things. Um yeah, the, this was. Uh, I I'm not a necessarily as big a fan of the Hammer Universal films as I am the Universal Frankenstein films, but easily the best part of that is Cushing's performance. Just the way that he just slides so so easily into that creep role where he's always just looking to manipulate somebody. He's always looking for the the next way to enhance his experiments. You know, twist whatever kind of moral people think that they have over him into his own bidding it's just fun to watch and you know you get to see Cushing at his best in some of these roles I didn't necessarily pick a particular one although I've always thought that what he did in Frankenstein must be destroyed is probably his best okay. so I mean, that's probably like my favorite of them but I, I mean any of the times that he's on screen doing what he does is just fun to watch so yeah, this was, uh, like I said, this was kind of an odd one, but uh, since we went with human villains, this was kind of a one that I kind of just snuck in there at the last minute. So, uh, Dr. Frankenstein. Nice. All right, yeah, we'll move on to uh, number nine. So my number nine is Dr. Herbert West from Reanimator. Nice, An honorable mention. I did make my list, but honorable mention. Yeah, he is. He was probably the last person I actually added to my list, because uh, I, when I when I do tops anything like, like I said, horror is my favorite genre, so I break it down per subgenre through horror to kind of like give love to everyone. Like I can't name my favorite horror movie, but I love Reanimator and H.P. Lovecraft. You know, some of his stories are pretty cool. I, I like more of the horror aspect opposed to like the Cthulhu and stuff like that when it comes to H.P. Lovecraft, um, which I'll be talking about another H.P. Lovecraft later, a little bit later. But yeah, Dr. Herbert West is my number nine. Thanks, yeah. Um, honorable mention for me, uh, I, I think he kind of just loses his balance just because he does the same thing over and over, whereas Frankenstein does something different. So yeah. I kind of tip the balance a little bit with him over that. But yeah, I, I was right on board I'm on board with a lot of that. So, yeah, he was <clears throat> an honorable me. Nice. So, uh, yeah, my... Um, again, that I really... I, I, I go back and forth on this one, but I went with the family from Wrong Turn. The okay. the various uh, backwoods hillbillies, uh, especially from the first one. Um, sure. Yeah, the, just, you know, the freneticism, you know, just the chaos the you know frenetic attacks always down to you know just kill anybody the second they have the opportunity i mean the one guy we get on screen you know the patrolman who shows up he has like 10 seconds of screen time just you know first time they get you know just arrow through the neck and you know bam you're dead and yeah just like you know seizing an opportunity and just taking it regardless of whether or not it's going to expose them or not you know just the savageness the visceral quality that they exude you know yeah it, it, 
I have a lot of fun with the franchise. I, I know a lot of them are kind of, you know, down. They kind of just deteriorate in quality, but I, I still have enough fun with them to, you know, stay invested. So, uh, yeah, for me, uh, I went with the Wrong Turn family. Have you seen the remake? Or I'm going to air quote remake. Yeah, I don't care for it. Man, I love that idea a lot. Like, I've always I I thought the same thing too. My always my take was always that thing should have just been called the turning. It could have been called something else. Yes, it could have absolutely had a different name. But I love that idea of like a disconnected society. Um, and then the ending was pretty cool. Like the whole uh, through the credits and shit. So I I I enjoyed it for what it was. Yeah, but yeah it could have had a different name. It could have been called something else. Just because as much as I don't think that, you know, you probably you could have kept on going doing the same thing. You associate wrong term with backwood inbred hillbillies. Yeah. And that's what I want. Sure. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I, I mean, you know, it's a great idea. I, I would love to, you know, see that one be remade with, you know, uh, I'd love to see that as shot for shot remake, just not calling it wrong turn. Yeah. But yeah, that that was always my problem with it is that you call it wrong turn i expect deformed inbred hillbillies and i want inbred deformed hillbillies <laughs> absolutely absolutely so uh moving on to number eight all right so my number eight is one that i kind of snuck in like you know we just talked about and it, my number eight is the pale man from pan's labyrinth mm, nice. so technically he's a person but at the same time he's a creature so um I love Pan's Labyrinth. I love Gimel del Toro. Um, anything like the story, uh, just the fantasy this little girl has, and she's given explicit instruction to not touch the food. And when she does, and that guy instantly comes alive, man, like that's, that's good horror, man. That's good horror. Yeah. Um, I didn't have it on my list. I felt he was kind of creaturey, but uh, I, I'm totally on board with anything Del Toro does. So yeah, yeah, yeah. It, yeah I, I I love that movie. It's I I probably say it's my favorite of Del Toro's films. But yeah, I, I kind of thought he veered veered a little too close to creature. But uh, I'm definitely on board with the pick. So definitely. Yeah. So uh, my number eight is uh, your number ten. Uh, I went with Victor Crowley. So. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. Um, I I mean you know it's just you know hotter doing Jason without the mask. You know a little bit more flexibility, but the the, the viciousness, the intensity, just you know the the savage animalistic quality that he has. I've always loved that quality of Jason. That's always one of the, the qualities I loved about Jason was that particular quality was just, you know, the savageness and the animal ferocity that he brought on board. Yeah. So yeah, uh, seeing it again in Victor Crowley and, you know, a chance to do Jason with, you know, at least at the time, state of the art, practical effects, fun time. So yeah. Sure. Yeah. They invented uh, the ga that gasoline powered belt sander doesn't exist until that movie came out. Yeah, which exactly. I thought was really, really deep. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, um, my number eight is uh, Victor is uh, Victor Crowley from Hatchet. Nice. So yeah, moving on to number seven. So my number seven is Sammy Kerr from Trick or Treat. Not so much the Trick or Treat we're all familiar with. Trick or Treat uh, is an '80s horror movie where. 
this acclaimed rock star, uh, he instantly like he like what is he? He what's the word I want to use? He 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 has an unforeseen death, and this radio station happens to have like the test press of his last album, and the DJ of the radio station is Gene Simmons, gives this kid who's a huge Sammy Kerr fan this album, and it resurrects him. And it just he just wreaks havoc, dude. It's so good. If you haven't seen it, I suggest it. Yeah, it's a cheesy favorite of mine. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I I I do need to revisit it. It's been a while, but yeah, I've I've always thought really highly of that one. And yeah, he's got a, a great backstory, and I love the some of the the, the kills in there. They're they're pretty fun. So <laughs> when he reaches in the TV and like oh, twists that. Ozzy's face, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, movies. That was that was a lot of fun. I I do recommend that one as well. Yeah. So yeah, uh, moving on to my number seven. Uh, this is one that, uh, like I said, these were kind of uh, as as soon as we figured out what we were gonna do, these kind of settled into their natural roles pretty easily. So um, I went with Ghostface, uh, the yeah. Scream series killer. Uh, not necessarily one that everybody, you know, I. I, I wanted to put him higher, but just the fifth one kind of dragged it down a little for me. So uh, we'll see where we go with six. Uh, I, I still haven't seen the trailer yet, but uh, I'm going to I'm going to see it. I'm just not interested in the trailer yet. But oh, overall, I, I do love uh, the setup here. I love the idea that, you know, it's a, a killer that knows horror movies and is using that to target people who don't and trying to trick them into, you know, horror scenarios and trip them up and you know get an easy kill that way and then you know clumsiness is always a a big uh big factor for me when you see the humanity and everybody's tripping over him himself or stumbling into footstools and you know falling over sofas trying to get at everybody that's always i i always appreciate those kind of aspects a little bit more than just you know a guy that'll burst through a door and just stand there swinging like a guy that's you know a there's human is you know it gives the idea that there's a human being under the mask instead of just this invulnerability and i i kind of appreciate that from time to time just you know spice things up a little so yeah human touches like that are always fun uh i i do would i do want a little bit more variety but overall uh, i'm still i still have a lot of fun with them so yeah my number seven is ghostface nice i love scream that's probably my favorite horror franchise just because like you said the humanity like it's a it's just a person there's nothing more scary than just people exactly yeah so yeah moving on to number six uh my number six is 1933's the invisible man Mm. he technically isn't a monster but he's my favorite universal monster like i like and it's for the same point i just said about ghostface he's just a person and what drove him crazy is what made him the quote-unquote monster. So I love, and that's the other HP Lovecraft I was talking about earlier. Uh, it's great. It's great, yeah. If, it, it, he's very uh, looked down on. He's not a Frankenstein. He's not a mummy. He's not Dracula. But he's, uh, to me, he's, he's my favorite. Nice. Uh, I'm a big fan of that one as well. I never thought of him to, in the list, but I can definitely see the inclusion. Um, if I would have thought of it, he probably might have made my list, actually, now that I think about it. I'm, yeah, it's a solid choice, just because you 
you don't realize how much of a dick he is until you yeah. actually sit yeah. down and watch it. He's an asshole, man. Yeah. 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 No, that's a good one. I I didn't think of that one. Yeah. That he probably might have made my list if I would have thought to include him. But yeah, that's a solid choice. Oh yeah, man. Yeah. So uh, moving on to my number six. Uh, this one was kind of an, another one that's fallen a little bit down by the wayside just based on uh, recent franchise entries, but uh, I still can't deny the influence. I, I went with Leatherface. Mm, okay. So, yeah, um, I love the portrayal of the original. Um, the confused, mentally, de- you know, mentally challenged guy that's just there trying to defend his home. Uh, you know, the idea that, you know, the original Texas Chainsaw works better when you look at it as a reverse home invasion film where it's these people just invading the home of a killer and yeah. the killer defending is, you know, the killer defending is and, you know, he's like confused and scared about all these people that just show up and, and, you know, he's got to do something. But the only thing he knows how to do is, you know, ram them through a nice hook or, you know, chain them up and start cutting them up with a chainsaw. You know, they you realize when you see it, like there's a, a touch of humanity where, you know, he's, he, you know, he changes mass and, you know, he put goes he goes in and does the the dinner sequence and you see like he has like a docile side and he's just like browbeaten and you know under the thumb of the family of uh you know the chef and all that and then you see him over the course of the franchise and you know everybody puts their different spin on it and you know one film he's just this reckless slaughter you know loose cannon that's just there to you know slice anything that moves and you know another he has like a little bit more of like a reserve quality where he's not as reluctant to he's you know kind of reluctant to get involved but he's he does it just because you know his family tells him to do it and you know there's a lot of layers to it but the fact that you know the last couple of entries haven't been so good kind of drags him down on my list but because of the importance and the fact that he's still the first i think the first killer that we developed a franchise around because he still te- his first film is still technically older than the other ones so he came yeah. first so yeah, to, uh, give him a little bit of uh, recognition for that. Uh, I had to include him. So yeah, Put some number respect six. on his name. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, uh, he, he still gets included, but uh, recent performances have kind of uh, dragged him down. Well, uh, what have you done for me lately? Kind of a thing. Yeah. Um, are you familiar with the game Dead by Daylight? I haven't played it, but yeah, I I, I know a lot of friends that do. Uh, I was competitive in Dead by Daylight, like I did like comp tournaments, and that game is the reason why I hate Bubba. I can't stand him, um, and that's unfortunate because like his accolades, you know, they stack up. But I just can't get behind Bubba. But his family, on the other hand, I do like the I like the family aspect. Like they're just as big a villain as he is. But like you pointed out, he's the guard dog of the house. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. I can't stand him. <laughs> it's a, it's because the game it sucks, you know. It's it's yeah. It's, yeah. yeah, I know what you mean. It's all good, yeah. All right, so I guess that moves us to our top five. All right, so my top five. Uh, this was the 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 five like I instantly knew who was going on this list. Were these five people, and my number five is Brandon Breyer from Brightburn. That's the killer kid one, right? Yeah, that's the the, 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 if, the dark superhero one. Yes, if Superman wasn't a good person. 
Ah, uh, okay, yeah. I, I I only saw it once, and I don't remember much. So yeah, that was kind of yeah threw me off a second. But yeah, I remember that one now. Man, I I've always thought because I I can't stand Superman either, unfortunately. But I've always thought about it. It's like having all that power, and you can easily just you know do what Brandon Breyer did, but Brandon Breyer did it. And it's so dark and the, that truck scene, man, like when he picks his uncle up, it is nuts. And then the, the, the whole ending he has, I think on my whole list, he has the highest kill count uh, just because of the ending of his movie. Yeah, I, I can see that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I would have to revisit that. Cause I remember watching it once and thinking it was only okay. Yeah. I, I, I do want to give that another shot because I only remember I only remember watching it the once when it came out and not being particularly impressed with it, but I did like certain parts of it. Yeah. So yeah, I I I do want to revisit that at some point. Just just see where I stand because I I don't remember much about it. I do remember thinking it was only okay. So yeah. Um, yeah, it was James Gunn fresh getting fired off of the first Guardians of the Galaxy movie, and they're like, all right, never mind, we want you back. <laughs> that so yeah um yeah uh moving on to uh my number five uh yeah this is like i said uh this is another one that just uh he kind of popped up on my list and was always you know gonna be there and i went the clown the terrifier guy oh art okay cool yeah uh the mannerisms that he does is just so unnerving and so creepy to me the the silence just the the dead blank stare the the painted smile yeah he works for me and i i love the viciousness the just over the top insanity to what he does and adding a, a comedic spin to everything by either playing it all for laughs making people you know making the spectators in the spectators at the scene of the crime think that it's all a joke just presenting it kind of like you know ta-da what do you think and yeah, uh, yeah just you, you know touches like that even you know i mean you can probably make the case you know at the end of what we see at part one you know he's not really a human being at all but you, you know the idea that he still has the human look but he you know he just acts like that certain way and there's just this unnerving quality and it just gets under your skin uh, to me, yeah, I I I love him, and I I I definitely see him as one of like modern cinema's big heroes, and uh, oh, I'm sure. definitely on board. Yeah, I I love the portrayal. I love the idea of what he does. You know, just the 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 silent smiling psychopath. God, that was so difficult. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, my I... number five is yeah, my number five is Arthur Clown. Nice. Yeah. No. Um... Art almost made my list, but like you said, I like the fact that he, he, I feel like he knows how powerful he is when it comes to the supernatural aspect of him. That's why he gets away. That's why he does and gets away with a lot more than he should. You yeah. know, like, did you, did you see the second one, right? Right. Yeah. There's a few things I wasn't a huge fan of in the second one, but the idea that art, there's a reason why his name is art and I'm sure that's going to come into play in three when we get it. So yeah, he's, he's where it's at, man. I do, I do love art. Nice. Yeah. 
All right. So uh, moving on to number four. My number four is Reverend Lowe from Silver Bullet. Ooh. Yeah. There's a... Go ahead. Sorry. No, I was going to say there's a pick. Yeah. No. Uh, Silver Bullet is probably my favorite werewolf movie. But it's a, it's like the the human part of him knows exactly what he's doing too. It's not like um, American Werewolf in London. Like he doesn't know he's becoming this wolf and terrorizing. Uh, but Reverend Lowe, like the whole mystique behind him, and when you get the big reveal, it's it's kind of like, wow, I poked this wolf in the eye. Wow, the Reverend's wearing an eye patch. That's kind of weird, you know. So. I love Silver Bullet. That was Gary Busey, uh, Sean, uh, Corey Hames. It's good stuff. Nice, yeah. I I never thought of that. That's a pick too. I, I like it. Nice. All right. So uh, moving on to number four. Um, yeah, this one may be a little under the radar, just based on what. I I don't think there's going to be a lot of people that have seen it, but uh, for me, this is one that just stood out the second I saw it and was one that I, I, I had to include him, especially based on uh, my previous selection. I went with Papa Corn from the oh, uh, clown. Jesus. Well, I'm blanking on the name now. What the hell? Uh, it, it is it clown fear or Cir- circus of the dead. Damn it. Why the hell did that take me so long to come oh, up with? Oh. Yeah, um, yeah, it, it's a uh, under the, it's an underground indie film, and it, it, I like I said, I, I don't know of a lot of people that have seen it. Uh, took me too long to remember the name for some reason. Yeah, but um, yeah, this guy is just an unbelievable psychopath. So imagine Art the Clown with a sense of humor to him. And I, I mean, in the sense of like a Freddy Krueger sense of humor. Oh, okay. So yeah, this is a speaking clown, but he does he acts and behaves in a way that even Art that you know he he resembles Art the Clown in, in his mannerisms. Okay. Like he'll, I, I mean, there's scenes in there that I'm you know I'm trying not to you know be too spoilerific, but I mean, you know, he's not above rape, he's not above necrophilia. Okay. He's yeah, he's not above sodomy and he seems perfectly willing to make jokes about all of those situations in front of people. Hmm. So, yeah, uh, this is a just unbelievably deranged psychopath. And like I said, uh, not a lot of people have seen it. It went kind of under the radar. It was from, I think, 2014 or 15. Yeah, um, it, it, I think it, I think it just got re-released and like the, um, I, I think that the director of it just got the, like the rights back and is like starting to put it out and maybe trying to like get more names to it. But yeah, when it first came out, I don't remember a lot of people talking about it, and I remember just seeing this and it was like, this guy is just an unhinged maniac. Like that, that's just like your general reaction, like you're gonna get from watching this and. Yeah, when I I first saw this, this was like the easy choice for me, just 
you know, kind of grouping him together because he's also like a clown like art and he kind of came out like right around the same time. Because like, you know, 14, 15, that was kind of like when the first like Terrifier came out. But yeah, uh, for me, if you, you, whenever you watch him, just he be, he's just like unhinged and just so chaotic and over the top. And it's fun to watch if you're into the brutal stuff. But I mean, like I said, this is a guy that's not above necrophilia. He's not above murder and, you know, rape and sodomy. And he's not above making jokes about it. So, you know, be warned. Okay. <laughs> I'm down to give it a watch. Uh, awesome. Yeah. Um, like I said, I, I think the director took the rights back to it recently. So he's trying to get it out there. It may be on various like streaming sites or something like that. I haven't really looked into it, but it, I, I think that's the case. I remember seeing, seeing those rumors pretty recently. So, okay. yeah. All right. So uh, with that, let's move to our number three. All right. Well, my number three is another one that um, is centered around family. And that is Otis Firefly from The Devil's Rejects. Nice. Yeah. Uh, 10A for me. Um, I, it killed me. I couldn't put him on the list. He was He's an honorable mention. Yeah, I I like House of a Thousand Corpses. You know, it's it's a cool Texas Chainsaw remake. But Devil's Rejects was fucking amazing. And yeah. I I kind of passed on three from hell. You know, I just said, I don't, I, I don't know how I felt about it, you know, so I, I still haven't seen it. Don't know if I will. Uh, but I love the character of Otis because he's another one of those people who, you know, he, he takes pictures and, you know, has sex with these dead cheerleaders and, and makes fish boy. And, you know, he's just unhinged. Everything about him is just unhinged and it's great. Bill Mosley is amazing. Nice. Yeah. Um, like I said, I, 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 I killed myself that I couldn't fit Otis into this, but three from hell is kind of a weird one in that I like the general idea of it, mm-hmm. but I think it would serve itself better as not tying itself into the, the rejects universe because there's the, you can tell the, the writing, the rewriting to, you know, fix Sid Haig was plainly obvious because they shoehorn a new character in who it behaves exactly like him. Mm-hmm. So Richard Brake's character is exactly the way, um, you know, Sid Haig reacts. And, the, you know, the idea that they're just introducing him out of the blue for the third film and say, you know, he's just this long lost cousin just to like, you know, Tie him together. Is that what that is? Is that like yeah. that was that? Oh my yeah, god. They say, <laughs> yeah, they say that he's like a long estranged cousin or brother or something. But yeah, mm. that that's the the connection is that they it's just one line. It's like okay, yeah, he's just you know he's the long lost cousin. He's like a long lost member of the family. Let's bring him in. And then you know he acts and behaves exactly like you know Sid Haig did. So yeah, it, it's kind of a weird one. As a whole, if you just watch it plainly, it's not bad. It feels very rejectsy, where it's like a road movie. You know, they're doing you know heinous things along the way, and it, it feels very much like rejects more than it does House. It's just it feels kind of weird with the you know introducing break into the equation and you know bringing him along. So okay, yeah, like. It's got its high points, but I'm not like a huge strong defender of it. So, yeah, there's a lot of Rob Zombie that I don't like. 
I, I keep giving him a chance just because uh, there's always I, 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 something weirdly captivating about everything he does, even if I'm not a big fan of it. Mm-hmm. There's always something that I always like really, really like, and there's always something that I really wish he would like explore a little bit more. So oh. I, I always keep wanting to give him a chance just to see if he, you know, learns his lesson or if you know introduces something that i really like because it's always weird you know i always like flip-flop where i really like one and then i'm kind of like lukewarm on the one after and then like the third one is like the one that i really like and then it's you know like i go back and forth it's not like i ever like like anything he does consistently so yeah he's been cold with me since uh lords of salem so <laughs> that 31 i'm not even gonna talk about the monsters but... That, yeah. that made me so mad. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, we'll uh, move on to uh, more positive aspects uh, with my number three. Uh, yeah. Like I said, this was always kind of a, the, an easy one for me to figure out. So I went with Michael. Um, Michael Myers, that is. Um, yeah, it's kind of an, a, an easy route to go with, but the portrayal that he that we get of him in the first film just the coldness, the blankness, just, you know, the dialogue that we get of informing him of just, you know, like the mechanical nature of everything, just blank and white and frozen and unleashing that in like, you know, the suburbs and seeing him like just take everybody out. But, you know, you you get little hints here and there about just, he's not necessarily all there. Like yeah. you see, like you see hints here and there where you get like, you know, like the head tilt. But it's like, you know, did I do that? You know, when he stabs the boyfriend into the counter, or you know, when he strangles the, you know, the girl in the the car, and he kind of just like stares there for a second and reacts, or you know, like picking up the telephone and like not knowing what to do with it. Like you get the sense that he actually has been removed away from society because of his condition, but you know everything that we get the the psychological impulses he has tells him to kill but then he doesn't know like what to do if he like encounters somebody else yeah and you know like there, there's a fun little you know the idea is there and i i really like what we get with him and you know over time you know he's just become like this you know blank emotionless psychopath but the portrayal that we get in the first one is always really fun. And I always really like where that one goes. And, you know, I mean, he's one of the big icons for a reason. So yeah, for me, I I went with Michael from, you know, whatever Halloween franchise sequel you want, but uh, part one, I guess is, you know, the easy choice if we have to nail one down. Yeah. And that is the, probably one of the only things I really like about Rob Zombie is Tyler Maine is a massive human being. And his portrayal of Michael in Rob Zombie's Halloween is I just I love the idea of just him being a hulking, being, a, you know, a giant. I do like that because uh, he, he has to seem intimidating. And Nick Castle's not a small guy either. But Tyler Maine's like six foot nine. You know, he's yeah. huge. He is huge. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, moving on to number two. So my number two is probably the first horror movie I remember watching ever. And it's Dr. Decker from Nightbreed. 
Nice. Yeah. That's a that's another one I need to revisit. I remember not being a fan, but I always remember hearing like the various cuts are better. Yeah. So yeah, I I, I I've I've only seen the original original theatrical cut like years ago, so I I do need to revisit the you know alternate very the the alternate cuts of it. So. Yeah, it's um. Let me do this real quick. I know his name. I can't think of it. The guy who plays Doctor Decker. Is, Cronenberg. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I couldn't. I I knew his. Uh, yeah, I know his face. Like, yeah. <laughs> I I love the design of the mask. How simple it is. Uh, how unhinged he is. But the whole idea of the underground society and how there's people who really, really want to be a part of it, and he is there to just destroy it. So Nightbreed is. I prefer this over Hellraiser. Uh, from Clive Barker. Um, Hellraiser's just never been my thing. I've never, there's nothing wrong with it. It's just, it never has, you know, appealed to me. But Nightbreed for me is probably, it's, it's higher tiered to me in the Clive Barker book than Hellraiser. Hmm. I mean, like I said, I, I only saw the original version of uh, Nightbreed, so I'm not familiar with the other cuts. So um, that's something I, I do want to fix and familiarize myself with um over time so nice yeah um moving on to my number two um should be another another no surprise uh based on last uh entry but uh <laughs> gotta go with jason um it, it, you know again kind of you know like this the hard one where you know with leatherface you don't really know which one to go with but each of the you know character you know each of the you know actors brought something to the character um i i love what you know dash does in part two you know just you know the you know using the woods and you know like being like the the guy that sneaks in through everything and kind of just like you know takes him out when he has a chance yeah um I love just like the intensity of more in part four where he, you know, he just like goes for the jugular and is just there to like rip people to pieces. But, you know, Kane, you know, just, you know, adding what he does and, you know, just making Jason just like the, the powerhouse, just, you know, the guy that's just there, he's just going to fuck you over and he's not going to give a damn what it does, you know, who's mm-hmm. going to be alerted he's just there to you know do damage and you know do what he can to you know inflict as much physical pain and torture as he can and yeah it kind of takes him away from you know like the humanity that you know you got in the first film where you can't see hotter's jason reacting you know like the way dash's jason does like if you pulled off the same kind of trick that Ginny does where she's trying to like sit there and like psychologically screw with his head, mm-hmm. you can't see Hotter's Jason doing that, but yet you can see the humanity side of him, like the first two, two like, you know, two and three, maybe four, probably, but you, you can't get those kinds of scenes like you do later on where you get like, you know, just like the unstoppable object just relentlessly moving forward, doing, you know, as much damage as he can, create as creative as he can, because, you know, the, the, the kills, you know, by the time, you know, Hotter came on board, but it did, yeah, yeah just as a general overarching figure in the genre, just 
the different iterations we get, you know, everybody puts their own little spin on it. Everybody, you know, has their own favorite Jason, you know, you know, you can add, you know, like what CJ Graham did with them or, um, you know, what Krzinger did in Freddy versus Jason or um, the, the guy in part three. I never remember him. He's always the one that I always forget because I never remember what what his name was. I, I remember. I know exactly what he looks like. I couldn't tell you, though. Yeah, but, uh... same yeah, Derek Mears but, is another giant human being. Too. Oh yeah, Mears. Yeah, um, that that was my favorite part of the remake was uh, Mears' portrayal of Jason, just the yeah. the athletic sportsman that's you know the running Jason who uses tunnels and you know has like an underground setup. You know, running I like around. that. I like, like I said, it. It yeah, explains how it gets from point A to point B without being seen. I really like that idea. Like I said, yeah, that's my favorite part of it was you know portrayal of you know the huntsman who has like a brain on his head who can you know manipulate the the forest to his advantage you know strike from a distance but yet the tunnels and stuff yeah mirrors has created entry i always like what he did with it so yeah um for me number two is uh jason so do you have a favorite uh, uh can you can you pick one favorite jason kill like, do you have just one? First thoughts is always the frozen face smash in X. There you go. That's a, that's a really good one. <laughs> yeah, that's always like the first one that comes to mind. But speaking as a guy, the idea of the harpoon to the crotch in four. Okay. Uh, you know, the, you know, the way that he pulls it off, just like, you know, coming up from underneath and just, you know, like, you know, jamming it straight up and you're like pulling the the trigger. That's always. Yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. Yeah. That kind of gets under my uh, groin a little. But, uh... <laughs> um, yeah. I, I mean, you know, the bisection from three, that's always kind of, you know, another standout. Mm-hmm. machete to the face in uh you know part two where he rolls backwards down the steps and in the wheelchair yeah yeah uh, i there's usually at least i think one in every film where there's all you know like i you know if i went back and like really thought about it there's always like one in each favorite jason kill i think my first instinct is probably frozen face mesh that's a that's a very very good one yeah. So that uh, moves us to our number one choices. All right. My number one is probably my favorite, probably my favorite horror movie of all time. And that is, it is Leslie Vernon from Behind the Mask, The Rise of Leslie Vernon. Nice. Solid yeah. choice there. I love the mockumentary style. I love introducing this movie to people like people who have never seen it. Uh, like I have friends who I was, I talked to them a little bit about it on their show for, called dissect that film. And none of them had seen it. I'm like, you guys need to watch this movie. Cause we need to talk about it. Just the, the idea of there's a industry within the horror industry. Like they, it's a, it's like a business. Like these guys, it's their life's work. I love that idea. Um, I love how he goes through his plan. And he's like, this is going to happen. And this is going to happen. And this is going to happen or nothing's going to happen. 
I love that shit. It's so <laughs> good. So good. Yeah. He, yeah, he's another one that was on my uh, list of about 20 to try to include. Um, I, I, I would probably give him another shot. But yeah, he was one of the, you know, 15 to 20 that I thought of. And I was like, uh, I've got 10 slots. How do I put this together? He's always but, my number one. He's always yeah, my that, number one. <laughs> Uh, that's a good one. Yeah, I, I really like that one. And yeah, I'm I'm a huge fan of Leslie Vernon as well. So nice. Um, so for my number one, I'm gonna do the world a favor and not attempt to pronounce this guy's name. Uh, you know, me being an American and all. But uh, I went with the killer from I Saw the Devil. Okay. Yeah, uh, that's a good one. Yeah, um, I, I mean, I'm uh, you know not gonna say his name. Uh, not gonna you know give you guys the indignity of an American trying to pronounce that. <laughs> so uh, yeah, the the guy from I saw the devil. I mean, just God, what a piece of shit. Mm-hmm. I mean, if ever there was a guy that deserved everything he got and then some, it's this guy. Um, and you know he plays it so well because he's so good at what he does that he gets away with it as long as he does to the degree that he does and then every time that the you know the the cop comes after him and just beats the crap out of him and you know knocks him down to hey races in his old format and just you know he becomes like you know he starts off as just this unlikable piece of shit before he gets knocked down a peg. But then he gets the idea to, you know, come back stronger and he just starts reaching even further deaths. And I, I, you know, I understand, you know, it's not really like the, you know, a true horror film, but uh, for me, it's close enough to count, but sure. yeah. Uh, when I first saw it, I mean, just, you know, like the guy is just like such a wretched piece of scum, just like, you know, kill the guy just you know why are you toying with them you know like i mean i mean yeah i can probably make you know just as much a case for the agent being on here just because you know the idea of letting him live as long as he does but yeah the the, the guy from i saw the devil just you know a, a true piece of human scum and villainy but the fact like i said that he's so good at it that you you don't root for him but you kind of want to see what he does just to see if he can get away with it and, you know, the idea that, you know, he does what he does and he still keeps on going, that he's, you know, he's had the crap beaten out of him, you know, he's, you know, like nearly had like his limbs broken and detached and he's still willing to go through what he does, just, you know, speaks to the fact that he's always looking to, you know, see what he can get away with. And to me, I, yeah, he was a, an easy choice for me to put on this list. Nice. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. All right, so uh, with that, I guess we'll uh, end it there. So uh, before we get out of here, do we have any uh, honorable mentions or about that didn't quite list? Uh, yeah, I have three that were very, very close to making the list. All right. So, so which were? Uh, one of them is 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 Chop Top from Texas Chainsaw Massacre Two. Nice. I again, it's just another. I had to pick one or the other, Bill Mosley, to be on the list, <laughs> and understandably, I, yeah. <laughs> I love Otis, but man, I love how unhinged, chopped. You fucked up my Sonny Bono wig. You know, it's yeah, <laughs> it's it's gold. Uh, the tall man from Phantasm. 
Nice. He was um, one of my 20 as well. And this yeah. one, I actually, I asked you about the other night. Um, are you familiar with Crypt TV? Like, do you watch any of that on YouTube? Like I said, I'm not really um, big on like a lot of YouTube stuff just because there's always something that comes out that I'm not aware of. But yeah. There's a character on Crypt TV called the Looksee, and I love this character. And the reason he's an honorable mention is I couldn't really rectify him being a slasher because he's not, but he is a what he does is if if you mourn or if you are if you don't let go old memories or bad memories he comes and gets you you know so mm-hmm. and and i and he's cool he's he's tight so if you ever get the chance to look up the look see i'd recommend it nice all right yeah um i mean like i said a couple of the ones that you brought up were ones on my list but the ones that i had left would be uh candy man uh the original one with uh, Tony Todd. Okay. And uh, I also had the um, I also had uh, Doctor Giggles on my list just because I'm a huge fan of that movie. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, uh, the only other one that I had on was um, I- I'm not necessarily sure if a lot of people would be uh, would think of him as such, but uh, I went with uh, Buffalo Bill instead of Hannibal Lecter because I think Buffalo oh, Bill. Yeah. I yeah. Uh, um, I I always see you know everybody loving, uh, you know seeing everybody love Hannibal, but uh, I always thought Buffalo Bill was more uh, interesting. So yeah, sure. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, like I said, I mean, I I get the love and admiration, but I've always thought Buffalo Bill was more interesting than Lecter. So I figured if if I would have chosen one, people would have assumed I picked Lecter over bill but uh yeah i've always liked bill more than lecter so yeah no he's uh he is like the, he's the true bad guy of that movie yeah exactly yeah i mean you know lecter gets the franchise but yeah he's the he's the guy that they're fighting to take down from the you know anyway so yeah yeah so uh yeah guess that will uh wrap things up so thank you for uh doing this this was a lot of fun oh thank you these were both solid solid lists yeah so uh, let everybody know where uh, they can find you and uh, your stuff online. Cool. Well, again, I'm Dustin from the Flicks and Friends podcast. Uh, I have two co-hosts, Paul and Sean, who unfortunately couldn't be here tonight. And we just review any type of movie there is. And this month um, is funny because it's Gamil del Toro month for us over on our show. And But we do take requests. We are on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, uh, Facebook um you can find us on spotify apple podcast google podcast amazon music stitcher anywhere you get your uh podcasts or where you prefer to listen to them at all right nice yeah i will have everything linked down below in the show notes for you to uh check them out and uh give them a follow so thank you all for uh joining me and we will see you next time see you later